Neither of us got a six pack. I have, it's one. just hidden. <laughs> under, your, under the one pack. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the one pack. It's a lot easier to maintain. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, we're talking about don't get fooled by a six pack. So, uh, why are we talking about six packs? Well, because I've been working out a lot recently. You are looking trim. <laughs> And like you're packing on muscle now as well, which is annoying. Do you know why? I eat nothing but lentils. The four, right? If, if anyone, um, obviously, I know there's no get ripped quick kind of fix thing. Um, it's it's a long term investment. But the four hour body by Tim Ferriss has got some awesome stuff about nutrition and, and weights in it. I'm in so much pain. And that was years ago. Years ago. I mean, I'm in, by no means in shape. I realise people can't see me, but I'm in so much pain at the moment, and I don't understand how. I have to eat so much. Yeah, that's the, I'm I'm well because of the marathon training. I've I've got to eat sensibly, but not too much. Because when I was doing um, lifting, yeah, just the bloody eating, Can't the protein shakes. You just having a fuel in. Yeah, he's just in the fucking toilet. That's all right. I weighed myself this morning. I've only been doing this program less than a week. I've dropped weight. The amount of food I've been putting in my body is just—it's hard to get your head around that, isn't it? I, I just constantly feel full. You just eat some chicken is, and lentils and yeah, chicken, lentils, a bit of greens to get my fibre in. Yeah. A lot of protein shakes. Um, that appears to be mostly it. Just I remember me and you went to a mastermind, didn't we, like last year or something? And is an awesome guy there called Nathan, um, and he is like the most jack dude you've ever seen. Like totally ripped. If massive, you want to feel inadequate, yeah. follow him on social media. Because yeah. he gets up at like three in the morning. Yeah. Go and stand next to Nathan Ross. Yeah, 3.30 he gets up every morning. Doesn't believe in sleep. Um, but yeah, it was fascinating to sit him, to sit there watching him because all day through this mastermind he was eating protein bar, protein shake, then some like rice cake, then a protein bar, another protein. And it's like, oh my God, it's it's serious investment. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're not here to talk about six packs, by the first way. First time I've worked with a trainer where part of the training is eat which is great because everyone else is like don't eat and i don't think that's realistic for me start it's eating eating the right stuff the only thing i say about the four hour body is that um it, it's a, a lot of it's almost keto so if you like carbs it ain't gonna be a good read for you oh so you're almost in um what's that other thing called the Atkins. Atkins territory. Yeah, I'm still not sure the differences between keto and Atkins. But basically, with, with the four-hour thing, um, the four-hour body, you, you pretty much stay away from carbs six days a week. And on the seventh day, it just binge day. Have He doesn't call it a cheat day. That's bad psychology. Just to have whatever you want day. Um, but, you know, Emma makes her own sourdough, so I'm not strictly sticking to that. But I am eating a lot of protein, a lot of legumes. But anyway, right, right, six pack. Yeah, not that kind of six yeah, pack. Yeah, neither of us have got a six pack. We're big fans of the one. I have, it's one, just hidden. <laughs> under, your, under the one pack. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the one pack. It's a lot easier to maintain. Um, so this this happened to me about, I don't know, how many years ago. Um, I was in a judo competition and my first match, I was about to get on the mat and I looked across, and I shouldn't have done, but I looked across the mat to see what my opponent was like. And he was tying up his gi, tying up his judo suit. But So it was open at the time. Fucking hell, he was Definitely ripped. Definitely did that on purpose. Like, bit, Definitely did that on purpose. Exactly. I know that now. Um, Pecs, and he was ripped, had a proper six-pack. And straight away, I thought, fucking hell, he looks a business. So where do you think that psychological maturity comes in? Because I used to get this. Like, if I'd have known all the tactics that my opponents were employing, I'd have been way better at judo than I was. 
Yeah, well, it's the whole, well, the, the, the whole, I, I think we'll have so many bloody examples of this because, like, it, it, it's rife that basically looks can be deceiving in business and and it's superficial sometimes. And I'd say superficial a lot of the time and usually the loudest people are, are the least confident and the most fearful. But anyway, th this guy, he did look the business and he beat me. But I still picked up a bronze that day. But the guy who beat me, I beat two people who beat him. So I could have got gold, but this guy beat me. So you ended up in like the, the repechage because so you couldn't get to the final because of that loss. Yeah, it, judo's weird like that. Just for yeah. the listener, if you like lose your first fight, you end up in what's called the repechage, which means you can only get as high as a bronze medal, um, which is really frustrating because you could be in a tournament and beat more people than anyone else and end yeah. up with a bronze. Yeah, really annoying. But it, it, again, totally my fault. I let the fact that he was ripped. Um, and being ripped has no relevance to how good you are at judo. Obviously, it helps if you're strong. Um, he but could yeah, have been dehydrated. But he, yeah, he beat me before he got on the mat, and that's what this podcast is all about. Are you letting people beat you in business before you've even stepped on the mat because of how they act and look? Um, so, you know, you mentioned in a previous podcast about imposter syndrome, and I didn't leap out and say... It's not a real thing. Who diagnosed you with that? Where'd you catch that from then? Um, but it's self-doubt, because it, it, it isn't something you catch... It's something that is prevalent, but it's where, you, where you, you get intimidated by people who you think know more than you. Yeah, it's that know more than you, uh, fit in better than you, look better than you, deserve to be there more than you, all those things, all, anything that can end in more than you, basically. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I, I do maintain that the people, more often than not, who are the loudest, they're the ones with the deepest in yeah, the, the deepest insecurity, the deepest issues. Um, now, if you see someone, maybe you're the kind of person, maybe this sounds for me, say you're in a networking situation, you're talking, things are going well, and then a competitor walks in and he's, you know, top to toe in designer gear, he's quite loud, he knows all the buzzwords. Do you suddenly sort of like start shrinking into your shell a little bit? Even though you know you know you know shitloads more about your industry than this guy does. Oh, I was going to say, I tell you how to pick up on an insecure competitor very quickly is they'll try and discredit everything you say in an environment where you're both there, and you'll see them doing it. That if you're it's a network environment, they'll be the first to ask you a question or a loaded question. Yeah, and uh, you just got to laugh it off. You got a brush. Or, or it's, does anyone have any questions? Well, it's not a question, more of an observation. When I was working with this client, it's like, oh, fuck off. Just be like, oh, well, I wouldn't know because I've never managed an ad budget that low. <laughs> yeah, I asked for questions, not fucking comments and insights. Twat. <laughs> um, I mean, it's weird because on the one hand, you don't have to know everything. And that's, that was especially tricky for us to get our heads around that, you know, we're in the marketing game. That doesn't mean we have to know. Everything about TikTok, everything about Facebook, everything about web design, you know, because we've got a team. Yeah, and there's two sides to that. As funnily enough, I was thinking about this last night. There's businesses that are fortunate like us to have a team, and it's their job to be experts in various things. But some people's skill, and I think this is probably my best skill, is finding stuff out. So I don't know, but I'll know by the end of the day. Or the Henry Ford example. I don't know the answer, but I'll press this buzzer. Yeah. Someone will be up from the shop floor within 30 seconds. Yeah. Who knows? So, so if you've got a team, it's the Henry Ford. If you're working by yourself a lot, 
it, you you can make your skill, your ability to find something out in a short space of time. So that when someone asks you a question, you're like, well, I don't know the full answer to that, but I can know by the end of the day this is my fee. It's a it's a great sell that is. I remember having that conversation with Emily, who used to work for us, when she got to the point at a young age, going out seeing clients on her own, saying, Emily, it's okay not to know everything because what you're really good at is getting people's trust. And if they trust you, the knowledge comes second. And that means you can say, I don't know the answer to that, but I will find out and get back to you by 5 p.m. Yeah, yeah. at the latest, and they will be okay with that. It'd be, it's the equivalent of going into Ford and asking for a full explanation of every component on the car from the director. He's not going to know. But I'll tell you something, if you say, I'll find out and get back by five o'clock and you don't, then that trust has gone. That's the do what you said you would, isn't it? And to be honest, if you say you're going to do something and you do it, you'll be ahead of 90% of your competitors. Yeah. Easiest trick in business, you think? Do what you said you would? Yeah, I, I mean, this, this, is a, this is a good mindset trick, um, particularly if you suffer with imposter syndrome, self-doubt. Oh. <laughs> is um, If you're in that meeting... Make a couple of promises in the meeting. So, oh, yeah, um, I'll send you that over tonight. And give a time. So I'll send, I'll send you that over. I'll probably get him about 7 p.m. And then do it. And the amount that will cement that relationship versus anyone else that's interacted with that person is phenomenal. The other trick that one of our old mentors used to use, and I use it all the time now, and it gets, it gets me free shit, it gets me all sorts, is find out the person's first name in whatever environment you're in, and then use it a lot. And so if you make eye contact with someone, oh, thanks, Andy, I really appreciate your help today. Bloody hell, that person will bend over. I mean, we run live events, and where we host the live events, they have, like, waiting staff that bring various food and drink and stuff. And the, and I can't remember the lady's name now, but I'll make sure I know it by the time the next event comes around. You're so honest. You could have just made one up. Yeah. Yeah, Amanda, sorry, yeah. Amanda, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, Amanda. You've been an absolute star today. Really appreciate it. The next time we went, it was even better. It, it was like, and yet, if I'm truly honest, I was out in my comfort zone. Like, it's not very often you hire the penthouse suite of a hotel and you have people waiting on for you and all this stuff. And I just, start, I just went back to a couple of tricks that I knew. And the difference was huge. It's amazing. Some people, and I'm sure they had to work hard at it, not just to remember your name, but, you know, when someone comes up, oh, Andy, God, yeah, how's Maddie doing? She was doing, how did a history GCSE go? And you're yeah. like, fucking hell. How do you, and it's, it's just an amazing You're giving skill. all of our tricks away now because we write down what football team clients support, what their dog's name is, all sorts of things. Yeah, that, that personal touch, doing what most people can't be asked to do. And to be honest, generally speaking, that's, that's do it. They said you were, that's turning up on time. You know, you know, listener, if something turns up on time, generally speaking, you're blown away. Or if someone says, I'll, I'll come back to you tomorrow, and they do come back to you tomorrow, again, you're blown away. Yeah. And like, people smell bullshit. So like judo, going back to the judo thing. So my, my dad was a bit of a scrapper growing up. So when I took up judo, he would never break eye contact with your opponent. That was one of his things. Do not break eye contact with your opponent. The moment you break eye contact, you've lost. I used to think, I mean, at the time I was seven, so I thought it was weird anyway. But I was like, does this really matter? Like, this seems odd. And actually, I was spending so, expending so much energy trying to hold eye contact and not blink. I completely lost focus on what I was meant to be doing. And actually, 
it's all about judging the scenario and knowing what you need to do. So like a, a good trick in judo um, is when you first engage is to show a little bit of vulnerability because then they think they've got the strength on you and then they'll try and do something. And then when they do, that's when they make a mistake and you get them. But no one teaches you that. And it's the same in business. If you sit opposite someone and you're about to negotiate, the person that shows vulnerability first is probably doing it on purpose. And like that's giving away a bit of a secret, yeah. but but that's that's the reality of what's going on. If you if you come into a business meeting and just lock horns, no, there's no winners. So so what um what tips do you have for people who are struggling with a bit of self doubt? And let's let's assume for this part of the podcast that they have done the work. So because because let's face yeah. it, if if you're lazy, you've got a right to feel have a bit of self doubt. If you haven't learned yeah, your craft yeah. well, so let's assume. You've put in the hours, you've learned your craft well, but you still struggle with self-doubt. The number one tip is the most successful people in the world struggle with self-doubt because they never think they know enough, which is why they're so good at what they do. And if you remember that when you go into a situation, that really holds you in good steam. Um, and then there's so many little things, but just remember that to an extent, everybody is winging it. I think that's the other side of it is like everyone's doing stuff on the fly. I was in a mentorship meeting this morning about launching new programs. And the mentor, who's a multimillionaire, <coughs> said, when you launch a new program, you don't have to have the program ready before you launch it. He was like, sometimes I haven't even got the first step ready. So because I launch it to see if there's demand. And everyone was like, how do you do that? Doesn't the pressure kill you? He was like, no, the pressure of building the program would kill me. I want to see if someone wants to buy it first. I'm not going to waste two years writing it. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, bloody hell, that is, it seems really ballsy. But then when you take a step back, it's entirely logical. And then there's loads of things you can do around it that you and I both do. Affirmations, gratitude, exercise, breathing, um, having little things. So you might have a playlist in your car. So when you pull up to a meeting, you just play a couple of songs to yourself to get yourself ready. And no, I mean, around the office, I'm looking at quotes now. We've got on the wall when he had it refurbed. We've got motivational quotes. We've got testimonials from clients. So, you know, so you'll probably have case studies. You'll have testimonials. You'll probably have numbers to back up some of the results you've achieved. So if you can keep coming back to them to remind yourself of the good work you have done, you know, coupled with the fact that you're only human, you can't help 100% of the people 100% of the time, but this is the work you have done. This is how, how maybe you've even changed people's lives. They, their business was right up the ship before. You've revolutionized it now. Hold on to actualities like that rather than perceptions. So what other than your muscly judo pal, what's an example of a scenario you found yourself in where you've gone, oh, fuck. Oh, God, um, I, I can't think of how many social situations I've been in where, not say holding court, but me and a few mates, you know, some girls around chatting, I'm telling a story, then a mate's telling a story, and then, I don't know, maybe another group comes in, or a, a, a lad comes in and he's got all the flashes. When, when the cool kids show and up. He, and he starts, you know, talking. You know, it's always like people who take over. I, I Even now I'll still struggle with that. If having a, co a group, a conversation with a group, and someone loud comes in and, and starts dominating. When you're at uni and the rugby society it's, comes in, that oh, kind of thing. Fucking hell, those twats. 
Well, the hockey, the hockey society. I used to love rugby until everyone else carried on growing and I didn't. Hot Potato Rao, my rugby teacher used to call me because he said he'd never seen anyone get rid of a ball so quickly so when someone is running towards me. Um, but yeah, so, so even now, so if, if me, you, and, and I know the girls were chatting and some big bloke came over in a sharp suit and, oh, marketing, yes, I run a marketing company. I know my default would be to shrink into my shell a little bit. Nowhere near what I used to be like. Yeah. But it's taken a lot of a lot of work and time to get there. So that that was still that was still happen now. And we know people in our sort of circle who've got all when it comes to let's say fashion accessories, they've got all the gear. They'll they'll uh, they'll walk in, you know, in their Labutans, holding up their fucking iPad Pro. You know, I can't think of a designer name. Sounds like you're picking on one of our clients, but you're not. You mean someone else? Yeah, and. Um, and it's like, oh, because straight away, you're like, fucking hell, well, I, you know, that, that, I haven't got that's, them. that's, um, oh, who's the shirt designer? Alexander McQueen. Oh, that shirt's got to be like 500 quid. Fuck, I couldn't, well, actually, I, I could afford it. I couldn't justify spend that. But that's priorities, isn't it? Not, not, um... but it's still, I think, well, they must, they must be really successful if they could afford to, and those, you flip it, but my straight away, my default is to think, uh, shit, he like must ele- be better than me. Elevation technique, which is, hardly anyone uses that and i am um, i really struggle with that so an example of that recently is i've bought a hat that is definitely a statement piece but until i can wear that hat with complete confidence i'll be making a dick of myself and that's you're wearing a beanie today well it's cold fair enough that's logical <laughs> so but yeah and anything like like the person you're mentioning he wears a lot of fashionable gear but he owns it. He's not, he's not drawing your attention to it. That's him. I don't know. It's amazing how many people buy into it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong. No, 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 no. I, 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 I'm saying it, it, if you're struggling with imposter syndrome or, or self-worth or um, feeling like others are better than you for whatever reason, find whatever it is that makes you feel on the level or better. That's really, that's, yeah, that's really good. Well, it's like what my coach said to me, that he'll, he'll buy flash shoes or trainers when he's got a big speaking gig that he might not even wear again but he said will i feel more successful up there in a 600 pound pair of trainers or a 30 quid pair of trainers and i'm pulling that exact technique in a couple of weeks and that's obviously a lot of these mentors have the same mentors i'm sure it's a trickle down thing all comes from dan kennedy basically but yeah I've, i've got stage shoes and even if some people think well that's not right that's just like so so my mum would be like horrified. Oh, how can you attach self-worth? No, no, mum, it's, it's not about that. It's but she would that... be mortified if people showed up to a wedding not wearing suits or hats. She was mortified when I went to university without wearing a suit. So it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's, um, it's, it's about positioning yourself for success. The, the issue uh, a lot of people have is some people position themselves for arrogance. So it's, it's an ego thing. When it becomes an ego thing, you've got a problem. When it becomes about serving more people because you're you're better set to serve, then it's for the right reason. So, so do you think this this might also be why some people get a bit confused around the whole "fake it till you make it" thing? About that, right? I I'm, I need to buy a Rolex because I'm then people think I'm successful. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, a big thing here is, and it's so important. I mentioned earlier, you've got to know your craft. You've got a right to worry. Like, generally speaking, I'm not saying we don't believe in worrying, but worrying doesn't solve anything. 
taking you know preparing and taking action solves that so if if you're having self-doubt because deep down you know you haven't invested in enough learning then the first thing you need to do is fuck buying some Louboutins. It's do some more learning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you, obviously you've got the people who've done more learning than they'll ever need. And their mindset shift is the whole, just remember that you know your shit. Remember you have a right to be there. And f- for, for God's sake, act like you deserve to be there when you're in there, even if your mind is screaming at you that you don't. Like I, I've had that loads of times. Social situations mm-hmm. are the perfect example where people are giving you what feels like a hard time, usually because their humour is different to your normal circle. So you like you can't gauge whether they're taking the piss out of you or whether they're just pulling your leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you need to act like you deserve to be there. Like an easy one for me to learn that was Sunday league football. Blokes in Sunday League football are brutal. So you quickly need to learn to handle yourself and like act like you deserve to be there or get out. And, and you know, judo circles can be very similar. Yeah. Business circles, the same. If you join a book club and you're not well read, you're in for a hiding. It's like, um, like, one is being careful of the circles you put yourself in in the first place. But then two, when you decide to jump in the deep end, make sure you bloody act like you deserve to be there. Absolutely. And acknowledge that, you know, if, if you're in the right room, you will be the least successful person in the room. But to walk in with confidence and to be um, not to be big headed enough to think that nobody can pull you up, then that's all cool. But if, you're, if you'd rather be the most successful person in the room because you can be the big I am, then you ain't going to learn anything. It's about it's about being confident, be, be, but still being willing to learn. And I think a lot a lot of people aren't. A lot of people like so we know a lot of people can't be coached because yeah, yeah. because they know it all already. They they think they want to be coached, but it's like no no because there's a difference in asking questions and questioning. And, and yeah, usually defensive people are very hard to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really like we've gone through three mentorships now together as well as mm-hmm. separate ones. Um, and every time when we've joined those, we've been the smallest, not necessarily business, but the smallest people in the room as such. But we quickly accelerate through those things. Like there's a trend. We've done it three times. And you have to know when to get out as well. And and that's a really tricky thing with self-worth because particularly if you've got that kind of like anxiety of like, oh, I really care about people and now these people are my friends and associates. And don't forget where you're from. That, that, yeah, that, yeah, that whole yeah. baggage we carry around. There's like a grieving process you have to go through to jump to the next level. And it, that, that is tough. I remember we had a big, uh, a big and quick period of growth and a client said, all oh, right, well, yes, I, um, you did get back to my, my, my phone call. I, you're, I see you're doing so well. You're probably too busy for little businesses like me. And it's like, well, one, you only left a phone message about two hours ago. Mm. And it's like, no, that, that's straight away. It's like, yeah, you're the wrong kind of client. We've, we've outgrown you and we don't want to help you anymore. And it's being okay to say stuff like that. Yeah. Because otherwise you will get pulled uh, down and you'll become more doubting of yourself. Anyway. And, and I think it's that honest conversation. It's okay to say to someone, you know, you'd never say we've outgrown mm. you. That's fucking brutal. But just to say, I don't think we're the best company to serve you anymore. Because that's the truth. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry if if you've only got four quid a week to spend with us, 
I, I can't help you for that because our overheads are so high. I'd be doing everyone a, dis, a disservice, yeah. including our other clients. But I do know people that can help you. Do you mind me making an introduction? No, that'd be really helpful. That's a really elegant way to step away. Because if you, if you think that trying to do the right thing is by helping people you know you shouldn't be, then yeah, your, your, your self-worth and according to your self-doubt will, will, will lessen. So what would be your number one piece of advice when you're next facing a six-pack? <laughs> I think it's all bollocks. Uh, surround yourself with better people. I mean, my judo guys were, were fantastic, but maybe I didn't listen, blaming myself. But I think being a coach is a, is a, is a skill. And I think that perception and reality are, are two different things. And if you surround yourself with the right people, the right environment, the right learnings, that will really sink in. But it's a gradual and a long process. So how, how does somebody book a session with Sensei Rao? Oh, Domo Arigato. Does that mean thank you? No, it means something else, doesn't it, in yeah, Japanese? I don't know what that was. That's going to bug me now what that means. Yeah, go to andyandjoel.com and book a free discovery call. Let's chat and see what we can do to help you. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Catch you again.